And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Oh, welcome in, basketball fans. This is preview four of five for the 21-22 NBA season. I'm Tass Mellis. No J.E. Skeets. He's out hiking somewhere in the wilderness. But with me to talk ball is the bearded one, Trey Kirby. hey up. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery, Leos. Friends. Lily. And the man making the magic happen, as always, it's JD. Hello. What's up, JD? So we've got lots to get to today. We got most improved player, the team most likely to disappoint. Our favorite league pass teams. We're talking fantasy for a little bit. <laughs> Who are we? <laughs> uh, it should be fun. Make sure you check out our other three parts that we've already done. We're going to finish up on Friday for part number five. Follow us on social media. We've got a TikTok account that's TikToking every day. Magic happened over there. It's mostly Lee <laughs> saying stuff. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the Lee Ellis quote of the day at this point. I mean, yesterday, I feel like we almost skipped by the fact that you threw an impromptu concert after mm. a Fat Boy Slim concert for it sounded like 20,000 fans. And that didn't even make the cut, you know? Like, yeah. that was just kind of a normal part of the show that went Peace in. Side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, twenty thousand is probably a bit much. I'd say probably ten to fifteen dudes who have, you know, had been popping pills and were off their tits. But that's fine. You know, then you got to start small. As JD knows, JD has actually been in a band out of us, so he knows you start small and then you get bigger and bigger. And uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. I did feel like Freddie Mercury there just for like sixty seconds of my life. <laughs> uh, speaking of starting small, we are starting small with our no buffs feed. We've got a new feed. For no buffs, recapping every episode of Survivor. So go check that out. Separate podcast feed, separate YouTube feed. Do your boys a favor and subscribe wherever you listen or on YouTube. Because the guys are going to recap an episode from last night, which was phenomenal. Later today, Trey, JD, and Jason Concepcion are going to get on the horn to talk about that episode of Survivor. Some freaking curveballs there. Are you guys excited to talk about that or what? Oh, totally. That was an awesome episode, and I'm glad we're plugging it right now during NBA talk because there was a little bit of NBA trash talk during last night's Survivor episode (laughs) as well. So if you're a fan of this show, you're a fan of Survivor. It was the perfect Venn diagram. Yeah, There's a a lot of wannabe finger rolls out there during the challenges. (laughs) Yeah, what's up with that? Uh, Some bad shooting. Because they've got those <laughs> those volleyball kind of basketball-y things. What's what's inside those? Like, is it just a volleyball of tape? Like, <laughs> probably coconuts. Let's be honest. Ah, I mean, right. rolled up coconut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Double challenge day. That was fun. Um, okay, so let's jump into today because we start with a bit of a banger. I think first question, Trey. What do you think of this one? Which team is the most likely to disappoint this coming NBA season? 
I don't know if I feel comfortable calling this a disappointment because I think the team could actually be better this season than last season. However, I think it's more likely that the Suns do not return to the conference finals than they return to the conference finals just like they did last year, eventually making it to the NBA finals. Basically, the same team is coming back for Phoenix this year. They added JaVale McGee, Alfred Payton, Landry Shamick, Dario Saric is going to be out for a while here. Javon Carter went to the Nets, but those are all kind of guys on the periphery who will certainly be useful at some points. But for the most part, we're looking at the same team. They played at a 58-win pace last year, and they certainly peaked heading into the playoffs, and then they kept that going in the playoffs. However, in the playoffs... A lot of help for the Suns making it to the conference finals. Their first round matchup against the Lakers, they were banged up. Both AD and LeBron, not at 100%. They win that series. Phoenix does, goes on to play the Denver Nuggets. No Jamal Murray, who had been out since earlier in the season. They win that series pretty easily, to be quite honest. Then they meet up with the Clippers, who ended up missing Kawhi Leonard. Those are massive stars for all of their opponents who happen to be out. Shout out to the Suns. They took care of business each and every time, clearly outclassing those teams who happen to be missing their players. You can only play who's in front of you, but it definitely is something to notice when you're looking at this team. Like I said, they were great Mm -hmm. last year, and they were great health-wise in the regular season as well. Their top four, Mikhail Bridges, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and Devin Booker, none of those guys missed five or more games. That's incredible health, especially in a season last year where multiple players for multiple teams were missing big chunks of the season uh, due to COVID protocols. So they had great health of their own in the regular season and then come postseason. They got some health luck, no doubt about it. Uh, Though, I mean, Chris Paul went down with an injury and the Suns were still able to take care of business. I assume that the Suns will be a little bit better this year just because year two of the Chris Paul experiment Obviously, this team has been together now for two seasons after they had the bubble run where a lot of the same guys were still around. They're going to have that internal growth. They're going to have, you know, just uh, an extra year of playing together and knowing what each other likes. But progress isn't always linear. Look at a team like the Portland Trailblazers who made a run to the conference finals and have won three playoff games since. I'm not saying that's going to happen with Phoenix. I'm just saying they might run into a tougher road uh, come playoff time. Furthermore, you've got the DeAndre Ayton, the Mikhail Bridges contract thing kind of hanging over the team. What are they going to do? How big a deals are these gonna, these guys going to sign? And are they going to get it done before the season actually starts? I don't know. I don't foresee a disease of me sort of thing taking down the Suns this mm-hmm. year. But it could just be that they end up playing against a team that happens to be peaking. They could play against this year's Phoenix Suns and get knocked off in the playoffs. I would not bet on the Suns making it back to the finals and certainly not or not the conference finals and definitely not the finals. It's, it's rare for a team to go from having not made the playoffs for years to all of a sudden two wins away from the championship. So, you know, to repeat that level is going to be tough because the Suns, you know, they probably did sneak up on teams last year. We know that that can be a factor. I mean, they, they earned everything when they got to the playoffs. They absolutely, uh, you know, de- defeated their opponents, you know, on merit. But now it's like, okay, teams are looking at the Suns. They've got them, uh, they're scouting them a little bit more. And like, okay, we got it. You know, this team is good. This team is legit. We know what they're expecting. So now, you know, Devin Booker, for example, who a lot of his career has been a talented player and put up numbers. Now teams are like, well, okay, now he's had a taste of playoffs. He wants to get back there. So they're going to be, they're going to find, I think, teams coming at them a little bit harder than perhaps they had done in years gone by. And Chris Paul, I mean, he was brilliant for them last year, but he's another year older. Um, and if he can perform to the same level he was at last year, I think the Suns are fine. But, 
you know, no, no one's Superman. No one can go on forever. So there's a few questions there about just whether or not you can uh, repeat the performance of last year for Phoenix. But I, I expect them to finish top four still in the in the Western Conference. But it's uh, that doesn't automatically mean you get back to the final. So uh, that's not a bad pick. I mean, you have to have expectations in order to disappoint. And I think for the Suns, anything less than a, a top four finish will be a little bit of a disappointment for them. But Trey, you're you're definitive. Not making the finals, unlikely to make the conference finals. So you got to have other teams on the dome that are going to make the conference finals, and at least at least two, three, even right. Like, yeah, I mean, I picked the Lakers to win the West yesterday, so chalk them into the conference finals at this point. Like I said, not super enthused, and I do think the Suns will be one of the top three teams. I just uh, I just think most likely they don't make it back there. I think the Jazz are the other team that's in the top three mix um, along with the Suns. And just like the just like Phoenix, you know, the Jazz have been playing together for a long time, too. We'll know that we know that they are going to be a solid regular season team. And then come playoff time, Donovan Mitchell goes to Dwayne Wade levels a lot of the time. You know, his usage rate gets into the high 30s teetering right near their 40 he can put up a 50 point game any night obviously phoenix has that kind of player too in devin booker chris paul will show up in the playoffs as he always does it's just going to be tough for the suns like lee is saying they've got a target on their back now which was not the case last year yeah and you touched on donovan mitchell and devin booker there i think when you say that that's one of the reasons nobody really wants to elevate either of those teams because those two guys as incredible as they are, they're not top ten guys at this point. They're they're just they just don't have the superstar cachet that the Lakers have, uh, even the Clippers have when they healthy, or I would even say that the Nuggets have. Uh, but you know the Nuggets and the the Clippers start with injuries, so the Suns and the Jazz are, are really in that same family to sure. me. And uh, you said they were the Suns were on a fifty eight win pace last year. That's that's an incredible number when you when you think about it. like I understand that sixty win teams don't always win it all and, and the Jazz were you know just ahead of the Suns in that pace and obviously the Jazz were bounced in round two last year and I know everybody wants to talk about the Lakers and I mentioned the Clippers and and I mentioned uh, the Nuggets but I think it's fairly even and and, and I think you're saying that too Trey like we we are going to get to a, a playoffs where. The Lakers aren't just the team that's going to get there. You know, they, they, there's a, a chance that they disappoint, too. Uh, so I, I'll jump in before you go, Lee, because I think the Lakers, to me, are the team, especially early, that could disappoint. Because there's some ingredients there which could lead to a, a bit of a slow start. And it's not just that they're the slowest or oldest team in the league. Average age of nearly 31 years of age. Next oldest is the Heat at 28.8. Hmm. Because old people, they do start things slow, right? You know, they, 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 <laughs> they got to get the knees greased, the elbows greased uh, to, to get going. And Russell Westbrook starts slow. Last couple of years, uh, um, especially with Houston two years ago, it was better last year. But remember last year with the Washington Wizards, we were watching him put the ball like off his leg and out of bounds to start the year. Like it, he, just, he just didn't have it together. Mm-hmm. But then obviously he had an incredible, you know, January, February, March, it started to, to turn even after a, a brief slow start. So I think that could happen. I wonder if Anthony Davis plays center for this team a lot. You know, he did have a brunch with LeBron and, uh, and <laughs> Russell Westbrook and said, it's my time. It's my time to, uh, to play center because that's going to help Russell Westbrook as a non-shooter uh, on this team to open it up. But they have Dwight Howard. They went and got DeAndre Jordan, who should be more of a, a locker room guy. But 
I imagine they're going to start those guys. And if, or at least one of them, I should say. And if Anthony Davis mm-hmm. plays a lot of four with Dwight, Russ at the one, LeBron, who's going to, you know, try and call, call the shots. You guys move here. You guys move here. Wayne Ellington is supposed to start at the shooting guard spot. That defense that was really good the last couple of years is going to start. So I think it's just going to take time for Frank Vogel and for Anthony Davis and for LeBron to just call things out because there's just not a lot of youth on this team, especially with Taylor and Horton Tucker having surgery on his thumb. Kendrick Nunn is banged up. It should still be a top four team, as, as you guys are saying. Uh, and, and I think a lot is made about their age, obviously. Westbrook, Rondo, Howard, Mello, DeAndre Jordan, Ariza, Ellington, Bazemore. You know, some some vets, but the Lakers didn't get much from their supporting cast last year, so I'm not sure how much mm-hmm. worse they can be than Schroeder and Drummond and Harrell and Gasol and Matthews and Kuzma. These guys just didn't perform. Malik Monk's going to have a lot on his, on his shoulders, and I think the fact that they're taking a flyer on a guy like Sekou Dumbuya, who uh, is just an athletic wing who only had two years with Detroit and got cut. I think that kind of shows you, I guess he'll be sort of in that Costas Adekumbo role, Adekumbo role, like just the throw him out there and hope he plays defense for you, guy. Like Energy. they're, they're kind yeah. of desperate for guys uh, to play. So I think slow start maybe. And of course, um, when LeBron and AD get serious, uh, a top four finish at the end of the day. Lee, who you got? Yeah, well, uh, I'm going with another team who had a really good season last season, but now it's that sort of second year. And it's interesting because the New York Knicks won 41 games last year out of 72-game season. But yesterday when we did our over-unders, this was another team I had I was going to address because uh, Vegas has only got them at 41.5 wins, which surprises me because, you know, they had a very strong regular season, a great defense, but... Vegas, I guess, is just not feeling that they're actually any better than they were last season. In fact, you could probably argue Vegas thinks they're probably worse if they're only projected to win, you know, 41 and a half there. And look, uh, Julius Randle was fantastic last season. I think you're going to see Emmanuel quickly become better. Uh, You know, RJ Barrett, I expect him actually to have, you know, almost that sort of breakout season. So I think there's some good pieces there, but I'm also just not sure how much better they are if they are better at all or if they're just sort of solid again. And we know that Coach Thibodeau, you know, he has a reputation for being a, a successful first season coach. But uh, in time, time's gone by in Chicago and they're in Minnesota. His his way of coaching can sometimes uh, rub his own players up the wrong way. He's, he's that sort of hard, hard school, old school guy, the disciplinarian. And so will that have an effect on the Knicks team this season? I, I think they're, you know, in that same sort of spot they were last season, you know, four to six range. But I also can see perhaps the wheels coming off a bit if things don't go right for the Knicks. Um, you know, Kevin Knox is in an interesting stage of his career. You know, they picked him up a few years ago, hasn't really been able to find a role, has shown some flashes here in preseason. They sort of need someone like him to actually go out there and really pl- provide a big role for them. So I, I, I'm not sure where the Knicks are right now, but I can kind of see last season as, as they rose and, they, the, you know, the Knicks were back, the garden was rocking again. But perhaps it was only uh, a, a one-season sort of return. Perhaps they're sort of going to drop off a little bit more. I'm, I'm not sure. They're, they're a weird team. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how they get back and, and start playing again. Again, Tibbs brought back his guys. You know, he loves those guys, Taj Gibson and Derek Rose. He's going to bring those guys back forever. So I don't, you know, Evan Fournier, not sure he sort of really moves the needle for that team uh, all that much. So the Knicks may be in sort of a bit of a battle again. They may drop down in the Eastern standings. 
I think the Knicks are going to have a pretty solid floor, right? They're going to play defense. The games are going to be close. We know that the, I mean, maybe they're not as 100% locked in defensively as they were during the entirety of last season, but it's quite likely. Tibbs gets the buy-in defensively, and I think, yeah, year two isn't always as smooth as year one, but it's definitely better than year three, so I'm happy with year two. So they'll probably still play that defense. The question becomes is if Julius Randle is going to be an all-NBA player again. And, you know, the track record just isn't there yet. Last year, he was hitting Kobe Bryant shots basically for the whole season. You know, super contested mid-rangers, shot 40% from three, really turned into the Julius Randle that people thought we might see when he was drafted uh, really high. One of the best players I know coming out of high school, a high recruit uh, for the University of Kentucky, and he really turned it around and looked awesome. And then in the playoffs, he kind of got shut down a little bit by John Collins with a little bit more... Uh, you know, kind of denying him the ball and just making it impossible for him to get to his spots where he wanted to hit those crazy fadeaways. So you're not going to see that kind of defense every night against Julius Randle. And I think the Knicks did well by getting Fournier and Kemba Walker, even if they're not in their primes, even if they're, you know, at the tail end of their career, at least somebody else who can handle the ball and get some shots. That being said, it all comes down to Randle and RJ Barrett. Barrett shot the ball a lot better this year. If he's able to increase his playmaking, that takes a lot of the pressure off Julius Randle as well. But when your team is kind of coming down to how far will Julius Randle take us? That's a tough question to answer at this point. Last year, he took him really far. Will we see that again yeah, this year? I, I do like, you know, he's got help, as you mentioned there with Kemba and Fournier and RJ Barrett. He's improved every year and his preseason uh, mixtape, if they make those, it's all right this year. He looks good. He looks comfortable. I think what helps Julius Randle is those guys just, at least he can pass to somebody. Because the, the, the playoffs against the Hawks, it was just him and they had to bring Derrick Rose into the starting lineup because Alfred Payton was, wasn't cutting it. Um, but now they have guys who can shoot. Kemba's not going to be afraid to shoot. Uh, obviously, uh, you know Fournier won't be either, and and RJ Barrett's ready to go. I think this team is going to be solid. Uh, they, they they've improved, and and I get that. Um, you know those names are past their prime, as you said there, Trey. But last year there are forty one and thirty one in a seventy two game season, so that's about forty six mm-hmm. or forty seven wins in a full eighty two like we're getting this year. And for their line to be forty one and a half, that's low. I I I, I don't yeah. know why. That is pretty. It, low. I don't know where the the lack of enthusiasm. I guess is because the names are Evan Fournier and and guys and Kemba Walker, who we know is past prime. But I, I get the defense has to be good, and maybe you don't think of Kemba Walker as a good defensive player. But you know, a couple of years ago with Boston, he was part of a really good defense. If as long as as long as he knows that he's not the old Kemba Walker and Derrick Rose is going to play a lot of minutes. I'm buying that over 41 and a half. I, I yeah. didn't even know that number. Just Yeah. I, I definitely would take the over there. Um, you know, from somewhere closer, I think, to sort of 44, 45. Uh, but I, I guess you can sort of see it like being, you know, 10 games below that as well. I think, you know, if Kemba's only out there for 45 or 50 games, you know, if Julius is unable to sort of handle the extra pressure this season and if they don't get the sort of growth and development uh, from those younger guys. So... Uh, but, you know, like, like you say there, Trey, like that, that defense is kind of a, a really important staple, I think, for the Knicks. If they can keep that defense where it was last season, they're going to be in a lot more games. And then if they can, you know, if they can close those out, they're going to pick up some of those uh, closer wins. So uh, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's The Knicks sort of came a little bit out of nowhere last season. But again, what we saw from them in the playoffs, it was like, hmm, this team is missing something. And uh, I'm just not sure they addressed that fully in the offseason. 
I just don't want Evan Fournier to have a lot of bad nights because they're going to, on Twitter, the fans will be posting what what Trey posted yesterday, that terrible image of him as a a 2K player with with old googly eyes uh, popping out. I wonder if uh, 2K was just trying to get in the the Google game a little bit more because you know how Fournier says, you know, don't Google me because it's Fournier is... uh, gangrene disease right is that what it is uh, uh, maybe they like just want to get yeah, yeah. up in the images because <laughs> that image we're showing you on youtube i mean that is going to be all over twitter if uh, he has some bad nights i i like how he doesn't have any more expectations on him though he went to boston last year after being with orlando he signed five for 90 i think with orlando uh that was you know back in the day when everybody was uh signing those biggies uh in yeah. 2016 now it's like he's on the team. Uh, if he's just relied on to score 15 a game, then should be a solid team. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of, a lot of teams in the mix there, and that's sort of that second tier. Who's going to break out of it? Are the, the Hawks the best team of you know below you know the Bucks and Nets, and then the, the Heat, and then you get into you know the Knicks and Bulls and, and all those teams. So we talked about the teams there that could fluctuate expectations, high or low. But let's talk about somebody you're excited to watch night in and night out. The must-watch must League Pass team. Lee, start her up. Well, uh, this one's pretty easy for me because this team only has... Well, they have eight games on national TV, but four are NBA TV. So do we count those? I'm not sure we do. Uh, it's the Charlotte Hornets for me. Uh, it, it's a pretty easy choice because must-watch League Pass for me is not necessarily a team that he's going to win a ton of games. It's who's who's fun to watch. And LaMelo Ball is one of the most exciting players to watch. And I love the addition of James Booknight on that team. Uh, I love the commentary, of course. There, Eric Collins and Del Curry on the call. They're great. Those uh, those jerseys are great. The environment there is awesome. It's usually a 7 o'clock Eastern tip-off, which I also love to do. Uh, so, you know, look, I think... I, I, I mean, the Hornets are another team. I'm expecting to take something of a step up this season. You know, they were in playoff contention before LaMelo went down last season with that injury. So uh, you're expecting the Hornets, if Gordon Hayward's as as well, if he's injury-free. This is a good team. You know, this is a solid team. They're certainly not a championship contender yet, but you can see a few of the pieces there as well in place. Uh, They've also got uh, the Wave Puppy in uh, Kelly Oubre Jr.'s there, so he's always exciting to watch. Wave Puppy or the Wave Poppy? (laughs) What what is it? Man's got to have a dog. Um, puppy and uh, you know so yeah they're, they're they're certainly one of my favorite teams to watch and uh, a little surprised to be honest when I when I checked and saw they only have the four ESPN games I thought uh, that Lamelo would have brought a little bit more attention to that uh, team but uh, I guess not just yet so uh, but yeah give me the Hornets uh, always a great watch is this the first time that a Zeller has been exchanged for a Plumley? <laughs> Cody going to Portland and we got uh, Mason, Mason yeah. coming to Charlotte. Is anybody going to even well, notice? That, it's funny. I was going to bring up Mason because he's good for some sort of crazy either highlight reel dunk or block or something out there. So he's going to give you something there, Mason. Something worth watching anyway. But yeah, uh, a Zeller for a Plumley, a classic sort of like, does it? Well, let's just swap them and see if nobody knows. Won't even run this past the league. We're just like, you just go and join that team. I'll stay here and... Uh, We'll see if, see if anyone recognizes the difference. It's funny you say that, Trey, because I saw Mason Plumley on the team, and I said, they replaced another Plumley with a Plumley Because I just, <laughs> yeah, I confused Cody Zeller with another Plumley. Yeah. Just the, the, the standard white guy out there. But, uh, yeah, Cody Zeller, I think he might help a little in Portland. I don't know. which Who, who would you rather have, a Mason Plumley or Cody Zeller? 
Uh, that's a tough, it's <laughs> a really tough question, but it's a great alley-oop because my league nice. pass team this year is the Portland Trailblazers. Mm. I can't believe they only have nine national television games. And while I am stoked to see Cody Zeller <laughs> running around up there in Portland, it's all about Damian Lillard. They're only putting this guy on national TV nine times. That is not enough for Lillard time. He had six 40-point games last year, had a 50-point game, and that's not even counting all the numerous Lillard time moments where he's taken over in the fourth quarter, hitting big shots. He beat the Bulls off of a jump ball. It was crazy last year. Um, I also like, you know, Jordan Kent was great as the play-by-play guy, but Pacific Northwest legend is joining Lamar Hurd in the booth this year. Kevin Calabro used to be the Sonics guy. Now he's the... Uh, the Portland Trailblazers play-by-play, so you got that classic voice uh, calling the games. I obviously love the look of the Trailblazers. They got solid uniforms year in, year out. They've got the reigning dunk contest champion in Anthony Simons making crazy decisions out there, but really, it all comes down to getting to watch Damian Lillard as much as possible, not to mention there's so many solid Western Conference teams. I'm unlikely. I like these late starts because I know I'm going to end up staying too, staying up too late anyways. So at least give me something exciting to watch out there on the West yeah, Coast. I like picking a West Coast team because, yeah, just so I can get amped to stay up uh, for those games. I agree. Uh, I, I do like your picks because the, I, I like the fact that their national TV games are low because you get more uh, Kevin Calabro and Lamar Hurd or in Charlotte's case. You get Eric Collins. I mean, that's half the fun is to hear him go frickin' crazy uh, for a layup or, you know, for whatever. (laughs) I mean, half of I I think half the Hornets highlights on Twitter are just Eric Collins yelling. It's less about basketball. (laughs) But those uh, those are solid picks. Actually, Skeets chimed in. He wanted to put his league pass team in. He picked the Sacramento Kings. It's an interesting one. Also, only six national TV games. I guess he's amped. to watch them for 76 games on League Pass. Um, um, my mm-hmm. pick is your Bulls, Trey. I think yeah, I think the, the drama is going to just just pull me in because the talent, obviously, ridiculously intriguing. So much talent when you, when you really look at it. Zach Levine, Vooch, All-Stars last year, DeMar DeRozan, a four-time All-Star ball, Caruso in a different role, see what he could do. The team drama is kind of intriguing because they put so much into this iteration of the team so much draft capital and money i'm kind of getting my popcorn ready because you could see this team fall off they, they could be a disappointing team uh but they could also get some shine back you know from even the the derrick rose joaquin Noah era. like they could get you know they could become a good bulls team again and i know everybody says the league is better off when the Knicks are good. I feel that way about the Bulls. It just there's just something about uh, having you know the red and white be good again. So I, I think that that just sort of the drama. I think you can, you know, you, you could you could put this on TV. You could have like a hard knocks with this team. There's so many personalities. I don't know if Levar Ball is showing up, but uh, Alonzo Ball I think it had created a little bit of controversy for me, anyways, because I'm not sure how he's going to fit in exactly. Because on media day he said, I'm going to go back to being a point guard because uh, mm. last year Stan Van Gundy in New Orleans took him off the ball a little bit. He was an off-the-ball shooter or, 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 and more of a catch-and-shoot guy. And 
that could be his role uh, a, a lot of the time. So I wonder how that's all going to work because, you know, Zach's going to have it so much. Uh, obviously, DeMar's got to have it in his hands. I wonder how happy Lonzo Ball is going to be, and I wonder how happy Dad's going to be because he was <laughs> pissed that uh, Lonzo wasn't running the show in New Orleans, and it was more of the the Zion show. So it could go great. It could go bad because they're a small team, lack of depth up front, as we talked about. Uh, Daniel Tice gone, Thaddeus Young gone. Um, but I'm uh, intrigued to watch... A week in, they play the raps, so uh, mm-hmm. they got to yeah, smack It's them. interesting. Uh, like, like to, I think Zach is probably going to be the Bulls' leading scorer, but I can see him maybe only averaging you know just over twenty a game because there are so many other guys who can score there. DeRozan, and of course, Vooch is going to want to get his. So um, I don't think you're going to have one of those guys just really sort of stand out. I think they're going to be sort of more an offense by committee, you know. And if Lonzo can hit those threes, because he's going to, he should get plenty of opportunity, plenty of open ones if that ball moves around. So. They've got plenty of different uh, options on the offensive end. It's just uh, whether or not they can keep it together on the defensive end. Um, but, uh, yeah, they've got, a, they've got a fairly big swing, I think, from where the Bulls can be. They're, they're high to their low. I think, uh, at best, top four. At worst, probably battling just to get into the playing tournament again, I think. But, uh, yeah, at least, at least they're going to be a bit more fun to watch this season. Yeah, I saw 538's projections today had them at 38 wins, very close to where John Hollinger had them at 37 wins. Um, But if you're talking about a league pass team, they're the perfect league pass team. All offense, no defense, and they're going to be the best dunking team in the league, without a doubt. They've got Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Derek Jones Mm. Jr., not to mention Alex Caruso flying in every now and then. So yeah, from an objective standpoint... Uh, maybe the the Bulls will be a mid-card team, but they're going to be high on the list of people wanting to watch them this year just because they're going to be an offensive powerhouse. I think I would pick uh, the best dunking team as the Hornets myself with uh, Bridges and Book Knight will get a little bit, but maybe... I don't know that Book Knight's going to play. No, maybe Everybody, not. like, all of the Hornets' best players are guards. Yeah. And they drafted another guard this year. And they're hoping to bring back Gordon Hayward, who handles the ball. I'm excited to see him, too. And they definitely got Miles Bridges. The ball to Bridges connection mm. is huge, but there's a lot more guys for the Chicago Bulls ball to throw yeah, into. Yeah, that's true. I'm thinking, I guess I'm thinking more flashy with the, the Hornets rather than dunks. I think the Hornets had second most dunks last year. I think Zach Lowe put that note in. Uh, but, yeah, it's a, it's a good call. Uh Dunkaroos happening with Chicago Bulls and, and not a lot of D, that's for sure. Uh, we got to take a quick break here, but uh, everybody in the stream team, get your thinking caps on because we've got a question about the player that needs a good nickname. So get those puns working. We'll be back right after the break. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We're back with no dunks. I got to mention the stream team. 
going nuts for the Trey Kirby Photoshop for that Peloton ad. It was Trey's face on a Peloton uh, instructor. Photoshop? Yeah, right. <laughs> what? Those biceps were well, yours? JD and I did a photo shoot for <laughs> yesterday so that we could run it in the ads today. Come on, Tass, are you seeing this? <laughs> oh, you seeing wow. this line, wow. buddy? You seeing that tiny little bit of a line? Hold on, I gotta manipulate the yeah. shadows a little bit. Come on, look at that. You're Cody ah. Ripsby right now. Yeah. Uh, Cody, I think that was Cody Rigsby on the bike there, who's on Dancing with the Stars. He's on a he's a Peloton Peloton instructor. I don't know why I know he's on with Dancing with the Stars, but uh, yeah, Trey uh, Trey looking good there. I was I uh, wanted to mention during your Peloton that you guys went on vacation. You guys were making sure you're getting in shape. I was disappointed I didn't see a, a topless photo on the beach. <laughs> I saw there's a photo came up. You guys are on the beach. I was like, all right, we're gonna see Trey shirt off. Let's let's see this. I think he had a full full shirt on. <laughs> a that, that's right, Tess. That's right, Tess. I worked out for four months, and when we finally got to the beach, I wore long <laughs> sleeves the entire time. I still like to keep this skin sunburn free. Mm, um, I actually had some regrets. I was like, come on, I wore a, a rash guard to the beach every single time we went down there, but you know, when you're playing spike ball, you need a little bit of protection on the old elbows. Oh, that helps. That helps, for sure. Um, okay, we're going to talk about something now that we never, ever talk about. Fantasy basketball. I want to know who your fantasy basketball sleeper pick is in a segment we call Fantasy Sleeper Corner. This segment <laughs> is brought to you by the Sleeper app and its new fantasy basketball game called Game Pick. And if you haven't heard, we talked about it a little bit. You conduct a regular draft, however you like it, snake, linear, whatever. The difference is when you play Sleeper's Game Pick, you start the beginning of the week, and unlike other past fantasy games where you just play your guys the whole time, you can only pick one game for each of your guys. So it's not just about which team has the most games played that ends up winning. It's about strategy. It's about picking that one single game. It's called Game Pick on the Sleeper app. It's very, very strategic. And so that makes it fun uh, for me. And it's less about like drop guys, pick guys up, drop guys, four, four to three. Like how many games does he have? I'm going to pick this guy, four versus two. Oh, I'm going to win. You know, it's less about the numbers and more about the feel of the game and trying to be a smart, uh, uh, you know, uh, old, old couch GM. Uh, so <laughs> my pick, I'll start us off for a fantasy sleeper guy this year that I really like is Nikhil Alexander Walker. Great name. Who does he play for, you ask? Uh, you, you may not know. He plays for the New Orleans Pelicans. But this is year three for him. And I expect this Canadian to take a jump. Because he's going to get more time. Lonzo Ball gone. Eric Bledsoe gone with the Pelicans. In are Thomas Edoransky, Devontae Graham, and Garrett Temple. Nikhil Alexander-Walker is different than all those guys that have come in. I think he can he can do it all. That, that Those guys are a little bit more of a you know, specialty guys, and he played 21 minutes per game last year. I think he's going to play 26, 28, even 30. I think he's going to force himself into the rotation. He developed over the summer. I mean, I get a little too hype for these uh, video packs that come out and what he did in the preseason, but he's got it. He's got the step back. He's got the shot. He's been working on it, and it's not just what we've seen in camp, even though the Pelicans players, they're raving about it. On The Athletic, Will Guillory, a great column about what he's doing during the preseason. But he did it last year, too, 
right before he got hurt in April, he had a nine-game stretch where he was kind of in to the starting lineup for most of those games because Ball was out. 17.5 points, five rebounds. It's kind of surprising. I think of him as a small guy, but he's 6'6", shot 42 from the line, and uh, shot nine attempts uh, from three-point line. So was that a flash in the pan? I don't think so because he went and played for Team Canada in the uh, Olympic qualifying tournament this summer. I think he was the best player on the team, even though they have Andrew Wiggins and R.J. Barrett. Almost 17 points a game on 45% shooting, so he's not going to hurt your field goal percentage. I believe in Nikhil Alexander-Walker taking the next step in year three, like a lot of guys do uh, in year three if they're going to be good. He's got the opportunity. I think David Griffin had that in mind when he let Lonzo Ball and Eric Bledsoe go. He also had money in mind uh, because Nikhil Alexander-Walker is a lot cheaper. Uh, but that's where I'm going with. He's he's ranked about 154th on the sleeper app. So, yeah, on that uh did you say he was at 42% from three? For that nine-game stretch, yeah. He, it was a stretch. It wasn't the whole series. Yeah, sure, but that would be huge. I mean, he's a career, basically 35% three-point shooter, but, you know, playing alongside some of the characters that uh, the Pelicans have, he's going to need to be able to shoot if he's going to stay on the court. I remember Zion was asking for Nikhil Alexander-Walker to play a whole bunch more last year. It seems that they've cleared the way for him a little bit this year. So if he's able to knock down threes, that's a great pick. All right. Who you got, Trey? Well, the Rockets are going to be bad this season, but Christian Wood is good. Good Wood. Last year, 21 points per game, 9.6 rebounds, almost a steal, more than a block a game, shot 51% from the field, 37 from three, and made 1.9 threes per game. Not bad um, for Christian Wood. The problems with Christian Wood would be he only played 41 games last season. He doesn't have a long track record of being a starting center coming from Detroit previously. Plus, you look at some of the the guys that the Rockets have added since Christian Wood was really taken over at the beginning of the season. Kevin Porter Jr. is going to have the ball a ton. Jalen Green is going to have the ball a ton. Alperin Shangun is here in Houston, so he might cut into Christian Wood's production a little bit. But you're still basically getting Anthony Davis numbers at a Clint Capella price. Average draft position right now on the sleeper app for Christian Wood is about 51. He's like a sixth round pick and he's going behind Andre Drummond a bunch and Andre Drummond isn't even going to start. So I think you can get a pretty solid center in Christian Wood there in the middle rounds. That's a good call. His numbers are uh, forgotten about, I guess, because he played for the worst team in the NBA last year. But when he was mm-hmm. healthy, there was there was some smattering of all-star talk. And, and <laughs> early on there was. A little smattering. Yeah. Early yeah, he had most talk, improved yeah. talk. He had it all going there because, yeah, he basically was just putting up 20s and 10, but it was because it was the Rockets. It was like, does this really count? But in fantasy basketball, that's the only thing that counts. Just put up the numbers. No one cares about anything else. Yeah, he's solid. He, he's right. just a solid player. They made they made a great, great pick there. And, yeah, I agree. Those numbers are going to be good. So if you can sneak him in there uh, a little early. Andre Drummond, it's just because people just pick Andre Drummond just because he's a name. Right? <laughs> he's backing yeah, up. Yeah, and I Philly, mean, you're right. Yeah, he's a backup, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe you assume Embiid will miss a little bit of time, and surely he's going to rebound, so maybe you're winning the rebound, yeah, Cat, no matter that's what. That's true. He gets his numbers, no doubt. He's a Hassan Whiteside of fantasy, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Lee Ellis, who are you taking as your fantasy sleeper pick? 
Well, Tassie, uh, I'm actually going with another New Orleans Pelican. That's Devontae Graham because he comes over from the Charlotte Hornets last season. The the Pelican signed him to that four-year, $48 million contract. Now, if you look at purely numbers last season, they took a dip from his second season. He was down to 15 points a game from 18 points a game. Uh, he got injured as well there, and his minutes took a hit. But the reason why, I think, is pro- quite obviously because LaMelo Ball came along and really became uh, that starting point guard for the team and they kind of realize that Devontae Graham unless he's going to be a spot-up shooter he's a little bit redundant in that position his actual three-point shooting did increase last year his percentages even though he took uh, about one less per game but I think now there is a chance for him in New Orleans to get back to that level of what he was two seasons ago in Charlotte around 18 and six assists there a game because I think he's going to be their starting point guard. And again, if David Griffin, you sign a guy as a free agent, you don't really want to have him, uh, you know, in that second or third on your depth chart. I think he's going to be the guy starting, especially with Zion not playing uh, the first couple of weeks or however long he's going to be out. There's going to be some more opportunities for guys to go out there and score. So I think Devontae Graham, we certainly don't put him in that elite category of point guards in the NBA, but in fantasy basketball, again, it doesn't, that, that stuff doesn't matter. It's just who's going to get out there and fill up the stat sheet for your team. And I think he's in a great situation. He's 26. Remember even a couple of years ago for him, there was some all-star buzz at one point in the season. I think he hit that, you know, had a, a stretcher just hitting threes left and right. Uh, didn't quite sort of uh, wasn't able to capitalize on that but new situation new coach new team uh, and again he's kind of like one of Griff's guys so you expect that he's going to want him out there playing heavy minutes he's going to take a lot of shots and uh, should be able to bank plenty of those nice fantasy stats that uh, that makes it all so much fun and how we <laughs> fall in love with guys <laughs> Do you think he gets first crack at starting over Nikhil Alexander-Walker? I do, yeah. I, I mean, I think he's going to be their starting point guard. I was looking at the depth charts there this morning. I'm like, yeah, I think he's. I think it's his spot. I mean, it's. It, we'll wait and see, of course, uh, it, exactly what happens. But I just believe in those things. Like I say, if a GM signs a guy as a free agent, he, he wants him out there to show, hey, I, this was a smart move. I signed this guy. I picked him up, and uh, he's going to go out there and produce. So, like I say, I also think that season last year, we look at it, you know, like, well, he took a step back, but I think uh, it, there's a big reason why, and I think he is closer. I think he can average 20 a game down there in New Orleans, 20 points, six assists. Uh, you know, if he can hit three threes a game, I think that's within his range. Shoot, you know, he likes to jack them up around eight a game, and he's shooting at 37%. So I, I think that's all in play. And then if he can just get a couple of cheap steals for you as well, uh, that's really going to help. So a little bit streaky, no doubt, that shooting, but uh, a, a different situation for him. So... Hopefully he can produce for you. Yeah, it'll be interesting what they go with in the starting lineup because they have Thomas Sadoransky, who was attempted a starter with the Bulls last year and the Wizards before that. So I, I could see Sadoransky and Graham starting together, a little defense and offense. Uh, Garrett Temple will fight his way into that rotation. And Nikhil Alexander-Walker will probably finish some games, in my opinion, uh, because he's he can do what all those guys can do uh, in, in just one body. I believe in Nikhil Alexander-Walker growing. Uh, he's, he's got the, some D. He's got uh, shooting. He's got some playmaking. Uh, so, yeah, what you know, everybody down on the Pelicans. I get it. Zion Williamson is not healthy. It's, 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 it's sad. It's sad that, the, 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 again, he's, he's missing time in there is that the story, obviously, that uh, was kept under wraps for a while, that he had a, a foot surgery. 
it's all dependent on him. And so hopefully he comes back uh, pretty soon and he uh, sheds some of those LBs it looks like he's uh, he's gained recently. Uh, I'll, I'll throw in another one. I got some Canadian vibes going on right now, I guess. And Kyle Alexander-Walker, I believe in him. Precious Achua, not Canadian, Nigerian. But he plays for the Toronto Raptors, going deep in the sleep rap, 236. Uh, is wow. his pick. So uh, depending on you know how deep your drafts are and how many guys, blah blah blah, uh, this guy could you know he could he could be somebody you add and then drop because Chris Boucher is hurt for the Raps and uh, Ken Birch is you know going to play a lot at the five. But I think Precious Achua is just going to like Nikhil Alexander Walker force the coach to play him. Uh, so that early season would be the time to pick him up because maybe his minutes diminish a little bit and who knows what the raps are doing if they're starting all six nine guys and precious achua it'll be perfect <laughs> for that so looking forward to seeing how the fantasy season here on sleeper game pick all plays out moving to our next question most improved player always a fun one unfortunately skeets isn't here to get <laughs> mad about it although shocker yeah. the guy flew across the country <laughs> to not have to talk about most improved player that's dedication <laughs> He sent in his pick because he wants to make it official. He picked Nikhil Alexander-Walker as his most ah. improved player. Yeah, we got some Canadian bias going on. Yeah, sure. he won't answer the question, but he'll throw in the homer card anyway. I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty game, isn't it? Pretty ballsy to just say, all right, you guys can play the homer card for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's not even not even here to hear you say homer, Lee. Mm. I'm sure he's listening right now. So give him a homer, Lee. Homer. Uh, okay, Lee. Now, who's your uh, who's your MIP? Who's your most improved player? <laughs> oh, I'm going with the Australian Matisse Thibel, so uh, he can't return me with the uh, <laughs> with the homer. But look, the reason I'm picking Matisse Thibel is because uh, he's a fantastic defender, all defense, second team last season. He's got incredible skills on that end of the floor, and he only played 20 minutes. I think part of the reason he only plays 20 minutes is because he doesn't contribute all that much on the offensive end. But I think he's in for an improvement. On that end, especially after what I saw from him at the Olympic Games there in Tokyo, he was fantastic for Australia in getting us that uh, that bronze medal. He averaged eight points a game. And get this, he shot 62% from the field. That's what he really needs to do. Because last season, in the regular season for the Sixers, he only averaged four points a game. Shot 42%, not too bad. And only 30% from downtown. But in the playoffs... He did increase that slightly, shot 48% from the field, just over five points a game, and then he shot 32% from a three-point range. So for me, he's got a really big range where if he only averages, say, you know, 12 to 14 or 15 points a game, I think he's going to generate a lot of interest in most improved because he's coming basically from, from you know, almost no points a game into a, uh, into a high double digits range there. Now, he can do that by running the floor. That's what he did fantastically well for Australia. And just being consistent, knocking down that three-pointer. I think there's going to be opportunity there for him to do it because, as I say, I think Doc Rivers is like, we love this guy on the floor because he can take a defender. He locked down Luca in that bronze medal game there for Australia. Now, Luca was probably a little fatigued, let's be fair, but that's the sort of thing that Matisse Thibault brings to a, a team. He's got that ability to really be a lockdown defender. So, if he can get out there and stay on the floor and, and bump that from 20 minutes a game up to as many as 30 minutes a game, he'll be doing that if he's out there, again, just filling the lane, getting tip-ins, running the break, uh, catching oops, and hitting consistent shots from wherever that is on the floor. So, uh, look, uh, probably falling in love with him a little bit from the Olympics here, but I can really see if the game, uh, if he plays the game the right way there and, and, and gets out there and runs that break, he can get some easy points, and I think that's what he needs to really strengthen his case for most improved. 
All right. Couple homers. We, <laughs> <laughs> we got a nah. We got a tieble. Trey, where are you going? I'm not sure if I'm going to get homered for this one, but I'm picking a raptor. Oh. <laughs> uh, just a you know an adopted homer Which for one? sure. Which one? Uh, I think OG Ananobi. Yeah. OG Ananobi has a chance uh, at most improved player here. Basically, on the Pascal Siakam case from a few years back. Uh, last season, OG went for a career high 16 points a game, five rebounds, two assists, great percentages from the field. 48 uh, field goal percentage, 39 from three, added a steal and a half. Like you mentioned, Tass, earlier, Pascal Siakam is out to start this season. Chris Boucher as well with Kyle Lowry gone. There's just a huge opportunity for somebody to step into a scoring role. It looks like OG, even when Siakam and Boucher comes back, is going to be asked to do a little bit more offensively. And it looks like he's capable of doing more. There are moments during the preseason where he looks like Kawhi Leonard going between the legs a couple of times, hitting a pull-up three. We shall see if he becomes an off-the-dribble three-point shooter. And if he does if he does this season, if he's able to stay close to 39%, if the Raptors are a bit of a surprise team, you know, punching above their weight, getting into the playoff tournament, maybe even getting into the top six seeds, I think he could have some all-star buzz. And if that's the case, he could be a most improved player for sure. That's hot. That's a hot pick. Uh, and perfect timing here as we're listening to uh... – <laughs> a bit of a leaf blower if you're if you're really locked into your headphones because JD threw up. Uh, yeah, is that, that's it's Lee. Me. It's oh. me. It's me. The guys out here. Honestly, they were here yesterday. They were here the day before. It's like, guys, I know it's fall, but I mean, there can't be that many leaves that you're out there again, hosing around out there. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> hosing. I don't know how JD's got a camera out there, but he he provided us a live look. He provided us some footage there. <laughs> That's what it feels like, man. It feels like that. <laughs> wow, look, at, look at that. Look at that leaf blower. What the hell is that thing? Uh, I hate to admit it. I might be a most improved player as well. I bought a leaf. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I don't know if any of my neighbors have been recording podcasts, but I'm surely noise polluting uh, these bad boys around here. Yeah. Trey, I just got one too. I was oh, always. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, it's electric, A. B, it's got whisper technology apparently but it's Ooh. it's loud as hell but i have to say i've never i'm 50 i've never used one before i sweep my patio over here usually it takes me about a half hour three minutes like it took three minutes wow. to do it yeah. so uh they're pretty awesome yeah, but so you're not on that you're not on that council money though jd you know where they've like they, they get paid so they just drag it out all day long so they that's don't have right, to do anything right. else you know yeah, yeah. I, I am my own hoa over here so yeah uh, but yeah trey i i finally caved as well um uh, if you can't beat them, join yeah. them. If you can't beat them, blow them. I guess is, is what I'm saying here. It takes, it takes so much less time, and that's this. Oh, that's God, the thing. Yeah. I know it's loud. I know some people hate it, but it's not. If you don't pull it out at 6 a.m. or 1 a.m., then it's, it's not a huge deal. Because yeah, it's not like you're going to be working for. You know, because it's so quick, it's like, you know, 10 minutes done, max. Yeah. It is fun. It's super fun, too, seeing them fly everywhere. I will say, the rake keeps them more contained. Mm-hmm. I Maybe that's why leaf blowing can sometimes take a long time. I feel like I blow my leaves from one end of the lawn over to the other end, and then they've gone too far, so now i got to haul them back into the middle of it, and then you got to go for the rake to actually lock mm-hmm. these things down and get into a nice pile to jump it. <laughs> I hear you. I hear that. 
Um, it's hard to contain them, but I say blow them if you got them. Uh, and, 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 but, blow them. Yeah, the electric. Them. I have one electric one uh, too, JD, and they're loud. They're just loud. You can't. They're pretty loud. Yeah. You can't get around it. Um, anyway, see, if you're listening right now, here they are. Yeah, they're back. My soundtrack. You think you can fall asleep to a leaf blower? Like, do you think there's... Nah, because I think it's that inconsistent, like, high and low, high, low, high, low. There's not a leaf blower setting on a white noise machine? Well, no, no, because that's more the consistent noise. That's the thing, you know. And, And, you know, sometimes when they move a little bit further away, it's a little bit softer, and then it gets really loud when it's just out of your window. So, yeah. Uh, and it'd be just frustrating that you, that inconsistent noise is what drives you crazy. Keep you awake all night. Mm. <laughs> all right, that's tough, that's tough out, out there. there. All right, moving on. Let me let me jump in with my uh, most improved player pick because I think it's got a bit of uh, OG Ananobi vibes as well. But uh, the the hot pick even last year was Michael Porter Jr. and I think it actually happens this year because after two seasons on the floor, he's only played two seasons because he was hurt for his first season. He signed a monster extension this offseason. He's making $30 million over the next five seasons, 30-plus. So to me, even when I saw that, I thought, wow, Michael Porter Jr., very good. But they're going to pay Jokic max money, Murray max money. They just extended Aaron Gordon. Is he worth it? He definitely is. Uh, he, he should even improve uh, from last year, which was really good. It, it, it kind of goes under the radar how good he was. He was 19 points on 54 from the floor and 44 from three, which is good enough. But the second half, over 43 games, he got even better. 21 points on 56 and 47 from three. He was nearly the best three-point shooter in the game, just behind Joe Harris. Um, that's the most efficiencies in, on, on shooting numbers when you factor in the three-point shot. For a 23-year-old scoring at least 17 points a game. So I know there's some some uh, factors in there. But Sam Vecini pointed that out. I mean, the guy is just ridiculously efficient. Guys have scored more, obviously, at 23 years old. But with those percentages, you're hitting nearly one out of two three-point shots. And I think it's only going to go up with Jamal Murray sitting out this year. He can be Nikola Jokic's absolute number one guy and he's the perfect partner for Jokic because he just moves off the ball. He just keeps going. So I wonder how high those numbers can go. He is so, so smooth. I can't get KD out of my head when I watch him play uh, because <laughs> totally. he's he's going to be a 25 points per game guy this year. He had 19 last year, so I could easily see him winning it, uh, even though he's, he's the favorite, and that's probably not a good thing when it comes to this award. Because they want to be a bit of a surprise. Uh, but according to uh, BetMGM, he's the favorite. It seemed like he was the favorite last year. I don't know if anybody else picked him last year, but I think I did. Uh, and hmm. uh, I'm sure a lot of other people did because you know he's got the talent. And he's staying on the floor. And he's playing a little bit of defense. And Jamal Murray's out. So I think he's going to uh, some put up some monsters. Well, the Murray thing is so big, too, because he kind of went out right around the All-Star break last year. So you can look at Michael Porter Jr.'s All-Star or post-All-Star splits, 22 a game, almost eight rebounds, and he shot 56% from the field. Like, he had a great overall season, but he was lights out uh, once Jamal Murray finally went down. He was a high recruit out of high school as well, potential as a number one pick, but he dropped because of the injury concern. So as long as he's able to stay healthy, he's showing the potential that everybody thought he had. All right, the stream team is getting into it. Sam Unono calling Michael Porter Jr. the twig. We're looking for nicknames here. I don't think that one's going to stick. 
Um, but uh, I appreciate the effort. So let's take a quick break. After it, we'll talk. The player that needs a nickname and our dumbest bold predictions for the season. We'll be right back. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash nodunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash nodunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. You're back with No Dunks. I've teased it plenty. Which player needs a nickname, Trey? Yeah, I should have taken a look at the doc for today's show yesterday when I pitched my nickname for Anthony Edwards. I should have just saved it, but thankfully, Nick Buccinelli hooked me up with an incredible Photoshop, said, I found a photo of <laughs> Anthony Mr. Perfect Edwards. Oh, yeah. And having seen this, I now think it might stick. You know, he was a number one draft pick. So that's pretty perfect. He had a great season last year. And as we've seen, he is apparently great at bowling. He was apparently a great baseball player back in his youth days. And who knows what other sports uh, Anthony Edwards might be great at. I would be happy to see them do some sort of interstitial, you know, every 10 home games or something like that. Here's Anthony Edwards being great at another sport. So I'm happy with Mr. Perfect. I'm going to try it on a few other times this year, see if it sticks, <laughs> but right now I'm loving it. And uh, we talked about the, the fashion trend that could happen this year. We talked about yeah the, the full sunglass face, the, the real uh, 
V. Stiviano, as you called it, Trey. Uh-huh. Uh, you see that Photoshop that we just showed you, and I'm sure we'll put it on social media as well. The singlet, a wrestling yeah. singlet. I, <laughs> a wrestling yeah, singlet. Yeah, a guy can pull that off in the nice blue. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a nice. That's a nice look. That's a pretty nicely done, Nick. <laughs> loved, loved Mr. Perfect. He was so good. <laughs> yeah. So so good. Rest in peace to him. All right, Lee. Mm. Which player needs a nickname? Well, we, we've talked about the Charlotte Hornets and uh, James Booknight, how exactly many minutes he's going to get is a little bit of a question. But when he is out there, we know he's going to throw down dunks because uh, that's what he does. He's been awesome. He's already had a, had a couple there. So I think he can become the James Booknight rider because at night he's riding his opponents. Uh, so, you know, I think there, the, the night rider, the book night rider. What about that one? I mean, uh, shout out to David Hasselhoff, but... Um, I think it works. I think it fits, and I can see Eric Collins, Knight Raider, you know? So let's hope he plays and, uh, and and gives us that nickname. I think it can stick there. I think that would be awesome. It would be cool to hear Eric Collins call it, and they could even do, like, um, you know, like a little musical sting anytime he has a big play, like, dun dun or you know whatever the Knight Rider theme yeah, song is. It's it. close yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think I've listened to yeah. it for thirty years or so. But uh, that was a nice ball. Was a nice ball. Yeah. That was yeah. it. But that song sort of came back in, or, or that tune came back into a song. I think about I don't know, maybe fifteen years ago, because it is a it is a theme. Like it's uh, yeah. that, you, you knew eight thirty on Tuesday nights on Channel Ten, Knight Rider. In Australia, yeah, in the mid eighties, uh, there. Uh, but yeah, if he rides someone like John Collins did in the preseason, then book night it. Yeah, put it, put it, book it <laughs> book down. It. Yeah. yeah, book it, book night, night rider. That's that's good stuff. Uh, my guy is Terrence Mann. Now you're thinking, yeah, I'm gonna drop something with Mann in the nickname, like you know, like Lee did there with with Night Rider, but. This guy, he's, he's, he's Swiss Army knife-like. You know, he's, he's kind of got the, the Boris Diaw thing about him because Doc Rivers played him at the one to start his career. He's played some small ball five. He's like a 6'5 guy, but he plays everywhere. He's, he's more of a shooting guard, small forward. And uh, I, I know he was kind of a flash in the pan. It, it seemed like he came on the scene late last year for, you know, most of the NBA when he Put away the Utah Jazz with 39 freaking points uh, to seal that series in, in round number two when his career high in the regular season was only 23 to that point. He's only making 1.7 million bucks this year, so is he going to stick around? Of course he is. They just signed him to an extension. He's going to be making $11 million in a couple of years, a second round pick, so that's great for him. Uh, he's not just a flash in the pan. There's only two guys in the 2019 draft that have been extended already a couple second round picks and, and THT Taylor Horton Tucker and now Terrence Mann. So he's going to force himself to play because uh, he, he's just so good. He may take Eric Bledsoe's starting spot. I don't know with Kawhi, he's definitely going to play a lot. Swiss Army Knife is, is cheap. It's cheesy. Like, it feels <laughs> dated. Uh, yeah. I don't, I, it's, you know, it's, it's done. We're in the, uh, the era of positionless basketball. Um, it's, that's that's too nerdy. I don't I don't know where you go with that. Like Mr. Versatility could could be good. All purpose flower. I don't know. Like something like <laughs> like if, if we're asking AP flower, AP flower, sure. Um, Associated Press flower. If we were um, talking with our friend Joel McMillan, I would say he would call him Jamie Fox because 
Joe McMillan thinks Jamie Foxx is the most talented actor out there because he's multi-talented. I think Terrence Mann, he's got he's got the one through five vibes. I don't have a good nickname. I'm looking for you guys to to put it out there. Like the he's not Boris Diaw because he's not like the most interesting man, but he is that Swiss Army knife kind of guy. I don't want to just say that you know Dosecki says a nickname. Like I don't know, I don't <laughs> know what it is, but it's like. You know, it's like Tony Phillips playing baseball as Mr. Utility. It's like that kind of thing for me. Um, but he brings the energy to, I don't know. I don't have a good one, but he's, I don't want to force the man thing either. Sure. So, we'll Too see. easy. Mm, yeah, we'll I'm trying to think of the most versatile things in my house, and I just keep thinking about a long sleeve t shirt because you can wear it any time of year. So maybe long sleeve t man. <laughs> I don't think that one will stick, but I like this <laughs> from EJ Martino. Since Josh Hart is such a good rebounder, what about the heartworm? That's not bad. Eight rebounds a game last year for yeah. a six foot five player. Yeah. The heartworm. The heartworm. Yeah. Because he was nearly beefing, I think, uh, a couple yeah, of times yeah, last maybe season. Maybe like a 17 or an 18 yeah. rebound game, something like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I do like the long sleeve tee for, for Terrence, man, because <laughs> we had JD on the show yesterday saying that his long sleeve no dunks F1 tee is versatile all year round. Is He could wear it. Or the sweater. It's not a tee. Sorry. It's a sweater. Sure, yeah. That's a fully hoodie that he could wear all, all year round. A long sleever, though. It's true. What about, what about Leatherman? Because the you know the Letterman, yeah. uh, I know it's there's a different connotation there, but there is a there is a, it's kind of like a Swiss Army knife, a Leatherman, and you get the man in there, mm. and mm. yeah, Leatherman, and he can wear leather. I don't mind it. I've got a Leatherman I take out when I'm uh, fishing. Got a you know some pliers, got a nail file for some reason, just in case you <laughs> need to trim things up if you're out there on the lake. Uh, I don't mind it. Nice, nice JD, Leatherman. All right. Um, Final one here before we wrap it up. <laughs> what is your dumbest bold prediction for the season? I'll start us off. I've got some dumb ones. Uh, and and it, it, it has been said. I said Ricky Rubio will make his first all-star team. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's dumb. That's uh, <laughs> bold? Yeah, full, full stop. Yeah, it's, it's bold. You got to be bold here. You got to be stupid. You might ask, who the heck does Ricky Rubio play for? That's fair. He got traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, my thinking was that here he's going to be turning 31 now. This would be his time to do it if Colin Sexton gets dealt. Now, Colin Sexton is their starting point guard. Uh, He might get extended even uh, before the deadline here in a few days. So if he's there, then it's not going to happen. But uh, I just I just want to know who the Cavs are choosing as their building blocks, because let's say they, they get rid of Colin Sexton and it's Rubio with guys who desperately need passes like Jared Allen and Evan Mobley and Isaac Okoro. If he's starting with those guys, plus Darius Garland, if those who they're building are who they're building around and they get a start like they did last year where they are 10 and 11. I mean, that's. That's, I know that sounds dumb, but there was some talk about Colin Sexton being yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, an all-star because, yeah, he's, he, he's a great scorer. He's a different player than Ricky Rubio, obviously, but then the team went 12-39 and 39 the rest of the way. And I'm not sure uh, how Colin Sexton fits in the future there. Three years in, is he going to get extended? Ricky Rubio, you might ask, how high has his points per game total ever been? It's not high. It's 13 points per yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. So he would have to be one of those you know, guys who do it all, 15 points per game, assist type guy. But he'll be good for Kevin Pangos. 
uh, as a, I, I'm, I'm just on the Canadian bent right now. Cam Bangos, <laughs> that's a nickname, easy nickname, Bangos. If he ever, if he ever plays, <laughs> Bangos, Bangos. He's a, a point guard um, who's played abroad for a bit at uh, Gonzaga, I think. So uh, I don't know. I, I do believe in, in in a lot of the Cleveland front court and Evan Mobley and. I think Rubio would be great with them, but uh, this is the year. <laughs> this is like Mike Conley part two, but Mike Conley got a heck of a lot closer, um, and he finally made it last year. So my dumb pick, Rubio makes the all-star team. Probably not going to happen. Uh, who can beat that? Or, you know, it's something <laughs> something a little bit more feasible. Anybody? Uh, Trey, what you got? Something a little bit more feasible. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think we're going to get 60-plus wedgies this season. Last year, we set the record. Shout out to WedgieTracker.com. 58 wedgies in a 72-game season. And it definitely feels like the wedgies have been popping off already in the preseason. We've had maybe five already with the new Wilson basketball. Wilson wedgies the w's are there maybe they made it an extra sticky ball i think we're going 60 plus this year we got another 10 games we've obviously got the playoffs which count so it was a special season last year it will feel crazy if we somehow you know get back to that level but i think it's possible we're going over 60 this year the fix is in the fix is in that's right (laughs) Balls are softer. Something's going on, yeah, because they're on that pace to obviously obliterate 60. So could happen, I guess. Uh, Lee, what do you got? So uh, I like to sort of go with the three-pointers and some sort of record there. And last season, Steph Curry, in 63 games alone, uh, made 337 threes. For a normal 82-game season, he would have been on pace for around 434, which would have eclipsed his own record he set back in the day of 402. And of course, we're in the three-point era right now. So last season, Steph was the only guy to make 300 or more threes. But again, it was a shortened season. This season, I'm saying we're going to get 10 guys make 300 or more threes because I looked at the amount of uh, the, the, the amount of players who had to average around three point. I, I sort of went down to 3.5 because I think they can all you know crank that up to 3.6 to get that uh, 300 mark. And I think we're going to get it. I mean, this is like last year for a list of guys who made at least 200 or more. Obviously, Steph and Buddy Heald and Lillard, Duncan Robinson, Terry Rozier, Jordan Clarkson, Tim Hardaway Jr., Zach Levine even had 200. And then there's so many other guys who would have made 200 or more if they'd played. CJ McCollum only played 47 games, had 169. He was at that 3.6 mark. So there are plenty of guys. Fred Van Fleet himself, 3.3 a game. So not quite there, but he only played 52 games and had 174. So I think we're going to have 10 guys make 300 or more three-pointers this season. Is that crazy? Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know if it feels crazy or it's like that's just where the game's going anyway. What is the most that has that has hit 300 threes in a season? You know what I'm saying? How many players? Has uh, that ever been 10 or, 10 or more? 300, no. No, no. I, 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 in fact, uh, it's uh, I think it's Steph and then Clay did it. Um, in fact, I don't. I don't even think anyone else has actually hit three hundred or more in a season, other than Steph, if I remember correctly. Uh, well, then this would be very bold. Yes, very, very. Uh, but you know, when you're getting guys like Duncan Robinson, for example, I think he's almost a, a lock to do it this season because that's all he does. You know, um, and uh, you know, again, it, it guys need to play pretty much the full eighty-two games 
and hit that 3.6 mark to do it. But uh, there's going to be guys, as we see, there's always someone who just pops up for 10 here and there, uh, and guys do it. So, okay, AJ Santiago here is saying uh, James Harden did it. So that mm. obviously makes sense, and he's the only other That's one right. to do it. So, so uh, Steph has probably. done it four times, Harden yeah. once. And yeah. Harden also had 299 one season. Yeah. Ugh, tough one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's bold to get to 10. Wow. 10, yeah, that'd yeah. be huge. Yeah, Dame hasn't done it, surprisingly. 275 looks like his high, so that's a lot of threes. Yeah. Right there. All right. That's fun. Fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Good, blo- good, good, good run here in preview number four. We got preview number five coming up tomorrow. Looking forward to that. And uh, looking forward to no buffs tonight with Trey, Jason, and JD. It's going to be a hot one. Going to be a great one. We had a great episode last night. 5.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Pacific time. Join the tribe. Get your torch snuffed. Yeah, No Buffs. It's its own podcast feed, its own YouTube feed. And I do agree. It's a good time to get in. It's a good time to get in. That's right. If you can watch yesterday's episode. You watch last night, Lee? Are you nah, in? nah. Still waiting. Still waiting for the playoffs. Wait, I'm Casual. Yeah. Waiting for JD to tell me when the right time to get in. Ah, uh, okay, so, okay. Know, you know, well, it, it was a perfect storm last time. There was nothing else on TV. There was nothing else to watch. <laughs> it was like, great, I can, I can look forward to this. But now there's so many other distractions. I'm like, you know, nah, it's just not quite the same. It doesn't quite have me here. But uh, we'll see. We'll see as the season unfolds. It may be a good time this week, though, uh, for going into next week because there's probably a merge happening am i right i mean mm. not to no buffs it but this gotta be uh gotta be getting closer yeah i don't know there's 13 left i think they're gonna wait till t- for 12 and they all three tried no well let's not talk about it here no because i know, I know I gonna... people are saying no spoilers so uh yeah but i think they're it's possible we'll get a merge next week but i you know i think it's i think it's more likely the week after that's okay. my two mm, cents you guys are the experts. I, I just uh, was looking at the numbers and yeah, won't go 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 deeper into the numbers uh, than there are thirteen left. But because of one situation that's happening that was entertaining, uh, <laughs> that uh, there could be a merge coming up, and now the the tribes go. No, and after that happens, no one cares about the tribe names anymore, right? The tribe names are done. They will rebrand. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I forgot about that. Okay, cool. Um, let me get uh, – I, I forgot about Skeet's dumb bold prediction because I know he wants to get this in because it relates to yours, Lee. Someone hits 15 three-pointers in a game to eclipse Clay's mm. record. I think that's it's kind of said. People hope that happens year to year. And then he wrote, also, this is the year Tim Hardaway Jr. scores 50 points in a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Classic, classic stuff. Yeah, you classic. know Tim Hardaway is going to have, whether it's the first or second half, he's going to have 35-point halves. A couple of those, mm-hmm. but the final box score will say 38 points. So, you know. <laughs> this All right. might be the year. Yeah. Join us for no buffs. Join us for preview number five on Friday. But first, speaking of classic, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And sorry to my neighbors and sorry to all the (laughs) podcast recorders out there. But I got blows. I got blows. (laughs) Uh, Embrace the no buffs, people. 